Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. Now, you can all listen to this episode, can pat yourself on the back and state that you truly live in one of those days that will go down in history. I, uh, I've been up for more than 24 hours at this point. I've been just following the events. And uh, I'm pretty sure that by the point of of, of this recording, even more has happened. Because you see, the masks have fallen. I told you guys that one serious Ukrainian victory would be one massive loss for Putin, and that would be his first one that he couldn't deny. And this has happened. Now, what will the consequences be? We do not know. However... The Ukrainian counteroffensive has gone on to be ridiculously more successful than, orig- than originally planned. Everyone's coping with this, and it's just been going on. And I am just recording this episode during the point where I am, um, what, what where the news of of constant Ukrainian advance have finally stopped coming in into such a rapid pace, where they've actually, I think, might have taken a bit of a break here. So what happened basically was that during the night. The city of Kupiansk was taken. That that was the beginning. And, uh, well, Kupiansk is super important. Because that's the main railway hub here. See, Ukrainian plan in general in this Kharkiv direction is to encircle about 10,000 troops. Basically cutting them off from supplies and making sure that they can only retreat over the river with, well, no bridges on it. So we're talking massive encirclement, and it looks like they'll pull this one off. At worst case, they're going to get a bunch of territory, and these guys are going to have to retreat. Kupiansk was big. The evening started with this. And um, and by now, basically, Kupiansk has all been taken. But at the point, you know, here's more Girkin about this, because Girkin and all the Russian media went crazy about this. Here's what Girkin had to say, quote, the abandonment of the western part, approximately two-thirds of the city of Kupiansk by our troops, was confirmed. They now started saying as if this was the correct tactical decision, which is to go retreat beyond the waterline and organize the defense there. For reference, at this time of the year, the Oskol River can be crossed on foot almost anywhere, and is not at all a serious obstacle for tracked and wheeled all-terrain vehicles. 
Let me also remind you that the corresponding settlements, Severodonetsk, for example, separated from the mainland by a river floodplain, they were stubbornly defended by the armed forces of Ukraine for many weeks. On the face, this is an ongoing acute operational crisis on a wide sector of the front line, which has already turned into a major defeat. At the moment, our side can only discuss how to prevent it from deepening further and prevent the escalation of the operational defeat into a strategic one. Although in general it already has. The enemy has already won for the battle of initiative. Now we should talk about preventing the armed forces of Ukraine from encircling and destroying large formations of our troops. And yes, sadly, I expected all of this. P.S. Unverified data is coming through about attacks and allegedly enemy breakthroughs in the Liman and Lishan's directions. Donetsk is under heavy shelling. So this, so this happened first. Um, let me nicely inform you that at this point that we're talking, not only Liman and Lishansk uh, have been taken. Liman definitely, Lishansk, I am 80, 85, 90% sure at this point. Uh, because, again, when I'm recording this. However, uh, as I'm recording this, the other one-third, the across-the-river side of, um, of Kupiansk, also has been taken. Because, you know, uh, Ukrainians just crossed that tiny river, pushed off block posts. That's happening right now as we speak. I'll probably talk about that in tomorrow's episode. However, this wasn't the end of the fun, because the really bad thing was that um, a bit later, a couple of hours later, here was a bit, here was another nice little report by Girkin, which I'll allow, you know, to, to, which I'll allow to speak for itself. Quote, According to a number of reports, our troops have hastily left Izium. If so, it, if so and it is confirmed by a number of sources, then um, one, that is a good thing. In conditions where yesterday the last road was under direct fire from the enemy and a danger of direct cutoff, to risk a complete encirclement and subsequent inevitable defeat would be the height of adventurism bordering a crime. 2. A hasty retreat will inevitably lead to heavy losses of the retreating troops and equipment, and which is sensitive in people. 3. All equipment accumulated on the spot will be abandoned. That is, after leaving the cauldron, our, our troops will find themselves with an acute shortage of ammunition, fuel, and everything necessary, which means they will not be able to immediately enter the battle. 4. Despite this, the withdrawal of the encircled grouping is a strategically correct decision, despite all the associated losses. The preserved units and formations, after reorganization and replacement, will again be able to join the battle. But the question of the perpetrators of the encirclement and the defeat is not at all removed. Now, we'll get to the guilty people, because at this point, after Izium also falls, and, and everyone's panicking, even Wagner Group has started panicking, um, the whole partisan activity is going up. We'll, we'll talk about what this whole thing means uh, after this. I'm, I'm not going to leave you hanging. Right now, I just want to give you more uh, more tasty comments from the Russian side, because they have started blaming, blaming each other. And, um, well how would the Russian uh, Ministry of Defense comment on the situation? Well, now, mm -mm. they uh, first stated that they have shot down some rockets of um, HIMARS, right? And then they stated also four things. The Ministry of Defense states the following. One, in order to achieve the goals of the special military operation, a decision was made to regroup troops in the Balakia and Izium regions to build up strength in the Donetsk direction. Two, an operation was carried out to curtail and transfer the Izium-Balakia group troops to the territory of the DPR. 3. A number of distraction and demonstration activities were carried out with the designation of the real actions of the troops. 4. Destroyed more than 2,000 militants and mercenaries. As you can imagine, 
after all of this night's panic and after all the data that, that we've seen, pro-Russian, pro-Ukrainian, independent, like everyone, okay? Because I've been living this at this point and this is one of the most intense days of work that I've had during this whole war because we're back into early war period of activities, boys. <clears throat> Basically, this, um, this comes from Wagner Group Associated Channel and uh, this is Wagner Group and other pro-war kind of Girkin-like buddies talking about the whole situation about this response of the Ministry of Defense because they were hoping for some active results you know this is a major loss they have to regroup and again Girkin posted things that Russia should do and he's always been a pragmatic well asshole but still pragmatic now commenting on this new statement about how how Ministry of Defense of Russia is reacting to all this massive failure of that army of an unprecedented scale if this if this encirclement actually happens, and uh, then the, this is going to be the largest military defeat ever suffered by Russia, mind you. So, the response, quote, They're taking the piss. They are representatives of the Ministry of Defense of the Russian Federation, employees of the Department of Information and Mass Communications, servicemen of the 5th Main Operational Directorate, duty shift to the Center for Rapid Response to Informational Security Threats. We know that you're reading us. We know that the Ribar Telegram channel, the Grey Zone channels, the military informant, Andrei Medvedev, Starsha Edi, Povernuchi Navajne, Pisma Yaroslavia, and many, many others who allow themselves to speak critically about the course of the military operation are, in your opinion, traitors, provocateurs, fakers, liberals, and accomplices of the Kiev regime sitting on the salary of the Ukrainian Information Psychological Operations Center. We know that we are all on your blacklist because we are the most inconvenient for you, because we are not in the line with the party. We understand and accept this. It's normal that outside of the system critics are not considered and you pretend that they do not exist. And it is true that this has become normal, the current configuration of the system. But let's be frank. Now is not the moment when you can be silent and not say anything. Now is not the moment when you can arrange an information vacuum and work with some kind of hybrid methods, bringing information to the population in doses and tiny streams. We ask you, please take the information situation on the front into your own hands. No need to act on the principle, prohibit and say nothing. This is very detrimental to the core. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. And again, the madness just continues because, oh boy, the pro-mainstream guys who are all pro-Putin, who have always been going, everything's fine, you know, more mainstream Telegram channels, more mainstream operators, basically after this whole situation stated that, um, again, in their channels, basically, 
Girkin and, and the ilk like him are traitors and uh, traitors, <laughs> traitors and double-faced assholes who basically have spread out panic. Everything is fine. We're gonna do a pincer. Everything is fine according to plan. The commanders know what they're doing. They should finally be arrested for spreading panic among the forces. All this stuff, etc. There's a bunch of swear words. I just not enough time, and and I'll have to do a full translation when I have the time for that. But yeah. Yeah, this is kind of, uh, <laughs> this is kind of crazy. So their response is now to basically yell for the government to start arresting Girkin and everyone else. Even though, as you, my dear listeners, know, if Russia had actually listened to Igor Girkin in the early stages, then Russia probably would have won this. But the problem is they, do they don't, and Girkin becomes a duber, that's funny. But all in all, it's been a mess. Russian propaganda is in shambles, Russian frontline is in shambles. Uh, I'm still following on what's going to happen here. Uh, the third army corps, the so-called reserves, uh, half of them were like half of them did not arrive. Half of them were smashed. Also, on the whole area, a lot of reinforcements were literally taken out like a couple of days ago and sent to sent to Kherson Oblast. They didn't make it there, and now they're being forced to turn back. Uh, the whole apparatus of the command system is is just done. Russia is burning through and using vulnerable transport helicopters, the um, the MI-26s, the, uh, MI the large ones, to carry in something on the line. It's it's chaos. There is no organization. In a lot of cases, we uh, we hear reports about thousands and thousands of, of, of prisoners of war already. Uh, the mayor of Kherson Oblast, well, the Russian occupation mayor, has also declared an evacuation. Basically, the front has not stabilized, and how uh, to portray this in military terms, Russia is facing a severe operational crisis, which is about to turn into a strategic one. Now, about some of the implications that are not exactly on the military front. Number one, uh, partisan activity also has activated, for example, as I'm recording this in, in Mariupol. In Mariupol, even local partisans have uh, placed Ukrainian flags on little places. A lot, of, a lot of local collaborationists and their um, referendum builders from United Russia, all these people have been blown up. Uh, a lot of partisan activity. Why? Because, we you know, it's one thing to do partisan work when you're not sure how long you're going to be occupied and, and what's going to happen. It's another thing when, well, you know, hey, you'll probably get to be a hero for blowing up that one car or doing something like that. Partisan activity is increasing. Uh, Pro-Russian collaborationists are in panic and people are being way, way more... More active in this. There's a lot of support going on there. On the uh, basically, and, and in, in the already occupied territories, I'm pretty sure that a lot of these people who are collaborationists after this will kind of rethink their position, and either will um, you know start sabotaging the whole situation from within, or just escape to Russia. They'll try at least, because that that could be uh, the second phase of this. Because if the front line doesn't stabilize, then the backs, the support lines will also fall. And then there's going to be no one to support this whole army, because remember that you need this administration in the occupied areas. Because we have, so far, you know, you, you can clearly see that the Russian generals, they're not busy. Uh, busy basically organizing the whole thing, and the logistics is just in shambles and terrible. And that's number one. Uh, the activity and morale of the Ukrainian troops is, is sky high. Meanwhile, the troops on the ground who have basically, who read all these channels, because a lot of them are written by the troops on the ground, these pro-Russian ones. Well... A lot of them are falling into depression, and the morale is very low, and the fact is that, uh, you know, they're mostly friendly, and, and the ideological ones are friends with Girkin and his pals, who, um, who are now also under attack, so there's an internal split. 
Which is good, because like I said, this could start some toppling and Putin's whole, you know, attitude and his whole system might, might drop down. Hey, even Margarita Semenyan, who normally was uh, kill all Ukrainians, this war is nothing, they're one of the chief propagandists, even now she's kind of starting to write about, well, how about we just make some peace? Why does this have to be so tragic? It's gone, right? And on the other aspect of the war, uh, one of the things that I've heard about why people didn't send Ukraine enough equipment is the fact that for these six months before this offensive, basically there was this doubt, uncertainty, if Ukraine could use this equipment well, if they could attack. We didn't know how Ukrainians would, would basically do in an assault. And now that they've shown that they can do brilliant things, according to our best strategists, right? Aristovich yesterday stated on his, um, his whole thing that, well, this whole Piesky was the last achievement of the Russian army in the war. And I agree with him. Right now, I think this kind of kicks the bucket out of those who said, well, you know, we, we should be careful what if it falls into Russian hands. No, it won't. Now, uh, now it is clearly visible to everyone with half a brain that the investments that the Western, Western allies are making to aid Ukraine are well-received. Well, you know, and basically only... Well, victory now is determined only by the sheer amount of weapon systems that the West can supply to Ukraine. Otherwise, yeah. And I think that everyone's going to be, you know... It's, it's, it's really good to be on a winning side and, and show that you've supported someone just like it's right now good to be a, a partisan or, um, or a non-collaborationist. Right now it's super high. So that's, that's going to improve. Also, for example, people like Macron, who have been stated, you know, leave Putin with a face and maybe make concessions. Now, now th that's also out of the window. This operation is just too successful. It's too big. And nope. What, what do you mean? Why make concessions if you can just give more tanks and have victory? Obviously. So that's another thing which is important of this war. Both uh, the, I, I think that the support and support will increase. Also, obviously, more, uh, more foreign volunteers will also come. Because you want to fight for the winning side. It's cool to support the winners, you see. We like to support the underdogs. We also like to support the winners. If the underdogs are winning, oh boy. This is not only a massive tactical victory. It's, like Gidekin stated, this is an operational victory bordering on the strategic. Which could easily turn into a strategic one. And I think it actually probably has. Now we just have to wait about the reaction inside of Russia itself and what's going to happen there. I don't know. Russian propaganda machine hasn't really... Know, started even reacting to all the situation i'll probably know about what they say tomorrow and i'm gonna basically not sleep all night once again uh, i took a nap for about two hours during the day because i just passed out but wow busy busy times oh another thing uh yeah 11th army corps of the russian army has been destroyed third army corps is under equipped and under trained and uh, a lot of them also have been damaged this whole pincer movement thing which i'm seeing on twitter a lot of uh a lot of Westerners who don't understand the situation and probably don't even speak Russian, they post this. Uh, I've seen tweets from um, these Russian supporters like, oh, I feel pity for Ukrainians, they're going to be pincered. Oh, no, not with this one. None of this were planned. I mean, and according to literally everyone on the whole group, except maybe, I don't know, uh, even Anatoly Shari, who's a very kind of uh, pro-Russian pro person, none of them. Uh, I don't believe... There, there is literally no one except the... On, on the grounds and the boots and everyone, no one believes that this is some sort of a genius pincer plan. Because again, the, the whole equipment has been abandoned. Uh, Ukraine has gotten so many tanks from the Zapad and invested. It's, it's, it's quite insane. Like I said, this was crazy. I posted all this on Twitter. Uh, please do follow me on Twitter because in days like these I do live updates there. But uh, 
just wanted to make a whole kind of thing because you probably if you listen to my show you probably follow everything that's happening anyways but uh here you go massive success which is going to breed more success now russia basically what they did uh, last night was they called a um a federation, the Federation Council of Security meeting, which lasted for hours, and everyone was, everyone was hoping on the Russian side that they would announce mobilization and everything. They didn't. They also never even mentioned nuclear weapons or anything like that. Uh, right now, though, right now, that's the number one thing that uh, a Latvian foreign minister has stated that this could happen. See, right now, I think Putin could panic and maybe try to do some um, some blackmailing with nukes. I don't think he'll drop anything, but he could, you know, uh, do a nuclear test somewhere, blow something up. Now it's super important not to have panic on our own side and uh, not to fall for this. Putin needs to be told clearly and with great efficiency that if he blows up anything anywhere, then he's going to get a retaliation because there's no other way. I I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to do that. Um, Shoigu, Kadyrov, all the situation, apparently uh, Chechen uh, local governments have demanded Putin to make Kadyrov the Minister of Defense. I don't think he's going to get that. I'm still, you know, in this chaos, in this chaos, this whole promotion of Kadyrov is going to go somewhere because, trust me, no one knows about what's going to happen there. And to be honest, no one cares about what's going to happen there. Uh, also, 1,300 troops were sent in the southern direction. Which, where, by the way, uh, in, around Kherson, also heavy fights are happening, and there are rumors about some cities being ta being retaken. Well, villages mostly. There are no really that that big uh, points there. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna follow this. This is interesting, and uh, we're seeing the victory that I think is breaking the morale and could eventually lead down to the downfall of Putin's credibility, which is why the propaganda is silent. Because this is probably the first time ever when someone's called Putin for the bluff and showed that he's uh, not a great macho man, that he's a Kind of a little loser. No, and Putin doesn't hate anything more than uh, being a tiny little loser. So there you go. We're going to work again and harder and uh, provide more reports. Please follow me on Twitter at Eastern underscore Border. If you like the show, please consider becoming our patron, patreon.com slash Eastern Border. Uh, or you can also just do it via Twitter or Facebook. There are links there in my profile. Uh, yeah, of course, if you want to help us directly, then... Uh, Go to the easternborder.lv, our webpage, where you can listen to the show ad-free, mind you. And and um, just click the donate button there. That's going to go to for Ukrainian winter clothes. Or for the building of Ukraine, if things go in this direction. I mean, it's still going to go to charity into Ukraine. It's just that, uh, whoa, if things continue like this, this is probably going to last for another two months or something. Well, that's the highly optimistic scenario. I still, I still think that currently we are looking at a winter ending of the situation. We are. This is even more likely than I thought before. Yeah, because what happened today and this night had extended even my most optimistic optimistic uh, scenarios that I had in my own head. Crazy. But yeah, I've, I would be very happy if you would support the show and also if you would tell about us uh, to some other people because during all this time, one thing that happened on Twitter also was that uh, a lot of people pulled out all the tweets from all these analysts and export experts who posted their stuff on the 23rd of february those who stated that ukraine will now ukraine would surrender it would be an easy win for kremlin all these people you know and they're they have much more followers than i do and everything and i sometimes think that maybe i should just also put an analyst on my profile that would probably allow me to um you know be more be more carefree about the information that I give you. But as, as I'm not an analyst officially, I'm just a journalist, which means I kind of have to be accurate. 
Well, crazy times. I'll, I'll probably go back to doing some, some more work right now. And today, today happiness is as mandatory as usual, and today is just double happiness, extra high morale. Wow. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.